yeah! At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of The Takedown. As always, brought to you by Foam Soap. Go to foamsoap.com, use the code TAKEDOWN and get 20% off of your order. We're also brought to you by QuickSesh. Go to quicksesh.io for all of your computer issues. Really good company. Uh, today's guest is coming at you all the way from Ireland. Uh, he's the host of Adventures in Advising and a co-host for the Broncos Europe uh, fan group. What is up, Colin? Uh, Colum Cronin, sorry. Josh, how's it going? Nice to get the opportunity to uh, have a chat to you. And uh, yeah, greetings all the way from Dublin, Ireland. I'd usually do a little bit better intros, but I just took a drink and I was kind of choking. <laughs> um, I'm glad to have you, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice to, to have the opportunity to chat. I mean, I think in Ireland we um, we love talking we love storytelling i mean it's funny when when i think of how irish pubs are sometimes portrayed in in america with like super loud music and irish dancing and stuff and you go into a pub in ireland and like if you go into i mean obviously we have pubs with like lots of music and all that but a lot of pubs if you go in the only thing you'll hear is the sound of chatter there's no piped in music there in some pubs there won't even be tvs it's just people talking so it's a it's a very different kind of culture in that respect like you'll talk to strangers you'll swap stories um and uh we that's what we love so having the opportunity to come on and have a chat to you yeah i was like that sounds awesome yeah man i i really that's what i really like about podcasting man like me and you were kind of talking a moment ago but i really love just conversing with people just new people you know and and learning their experiences and kind of giving them my own. And, and I really like, uh, you were talking about the pubs. I really love those atmospheres like mm-hmm. where it's nothing but just people conversing about life or sports or, or their job, you know, that's almost like therapy to them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, it can be, it can be anything and it can kind of go on a, a wild ride and like you kind of put your phone aside, uh, for a moment, especially like in, in an Irish pub and, you just like just go go with the conversation, go with the flow wherever it takes you. Does it ever take you to like some kind of weird places though? Yeah, I know it. De- it definitely does, and I, I mean that's why I think phones have, in some way, kind of um, kind of ruined it a little bit, right? Because you know sometimes, like uh, you know, I'm not even that old, but I remember like being in pubs and like somebody'd say you'd say something crazy, like right, like. Hey, remember that time when Nicolas Cage was in the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and like you, you just run with this conversation, uh, you know, this imagined episode of of Nicolas Cage being in the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and nowadays I feel people would get out their phone and be on like IMDb and go, yeah. no, he wasn't there, and like the absurd. We we absolutely love the absurd in Ireland, and I'm a big fan. Um, we have a, a playwright called uh, Samuel Beckett, and uh, he wrote this wonderful play called Waiting for Godot. And um, the, it was performed first in Paris, and the first review of it called it a play in which nothing happens. 
twice. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we've always been big fans of, of the absurd. So, yeah, I, I absolutely love when a, a conversation takes you into a, a weird and wonderful space. You know, the the good part about, you know, having phones now, though, is if somebody's trying to hire you as like a hitman, you can you can just pull out your phone and be like, oh, I got to. I gotta go meet with my uh, my friend group. We're gonna go take selfies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're, we're gonna go do something else. You just kind of alienate yourself from from some weird situations sometimes. True, true. That that is. But I mean, so you can do it with a like. Remember when iPhones kind of first came out and they were like super expensive and only like, um, you know, some people would uh would be able to afford them. So you'd end up like almost uh like if you were in that situation, but you only had an iPod. <laughs> you like pick it up pretending it was an iPhone and you'd be like, yeah, this is Prince calling me right now. Got to take it. Good luck. <laughs> oh, I got to I got to really take this call. I'll, I'll be right back. And you just got to hope you don't hit the play button. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I uh I love having having conversations like that, man. And honestly, if you were to tell me Nicolas Cage was in an episode of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I can kind of see it happening. You know what I mean? Maybe as a taxi driver or something weird and obscure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I could definitely see him rocking up to Uncle Phil's house and, uh, you know, kind of I, I could imagine that, um, you know, Will Smith hadn't paid maybe the fare and therefore he he there's this mad escapade where he seeks to get the, the money back and uh, and Uncle Phil has to step in and, and, and try and, and sort it out. Do you remember that that movie? It had uh, John Cusack in it, where the paper boy was chasing him over the two dollars. I I have a vague recollection of that from from the dim and distant past. I'm trying to think of the name of that movie. I'm just gonna kind of search it. It was um, it was a skiing movie. Do you remember that? What was I mean? John Cusick is is great. Um, He's been around for a while. He has been around for 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 quite a oh, while. Better off dead. Ah, there you go. Yes, where the paper boy just keeps chasing him throughout the entire movie, and he says, "I want my two dollars." <laughs> that's that's Nicolas Cage in that in that episode. <laughs> well, what 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 I absolutely love about Nicolas Cage is if if you when you cast Nicolas Cage. You get Nicolas Cage. I mean, I I don't think he acts. I, I think he exists. I think whatever you cast him in, he he actually believes that that is you know his his existence for for however long the shoot is. So if you cast him in a role where um, it would be you know really fitting, it works really well. And um, he did a movie with um, Werner Herzog. If you know the the director Werner Herzog, who's really wonderful director, but they did um, a movie called Bad Lieutenant, and Nicolas Cage basically plays a kind of a a corrupt, drug addicted cop, which I feel is exactly what Nicolas Cage would be if he was a cop um, and so he's incredible in this movie and, and it really is one of the I think his lesser known movies but it's a real gem he's a very uh, he's a very peculiar guy you know what I mean and if you just <laughs> if you look through like his uh, like his filmography I mean he's been in a lot of movies he's been around for a long time he has he 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 he's really interesting as well like even like off screen cuz like he bought a tomb in um New Orleans which <laughs> looks overlooks Marie Laveau's tomb because he 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 felt that you know there would be a connection there and i heard another story that he had acquired like he'd bought this 
um, some sort of artifact or, or some piece of art and it transpired that it it had been stolen at some point from Mongolia and so the the, the people there were like that was actually stolen from us and Nicolas Cage just handed it back didn't didn't ask for any money he wow. just took the hit on it so uh, I thought that was pretty decent of him yeah that, that's pretty cool I really enjoyed him and uh, you know he was in Ghost Rider that was really good but Face Off was really good yeah yeah no he, he was he was outstanding in that again another kind of just suited to him so when you mm-hmm. cast him he was just like kind of this this mad manic energy that he has that really fits uh into into certain roles uh you know he was in uh snowden as well i forgot about that did you ever watch that i haven't actually seen that but um i i would i mean i i i sometimes spend some time imagining like imagine if you just cast you know Nicolas Cage in, in in various different shows or movies and you know just think of what they would be like imagine if he had been cast as Rick Grimes in The Walking Dead <laughs> what that show would be like I think it would be a really in- interesting show uh, a season of The Walking Dead where Rick Grimes is played by Nicolas Cage do you think uh, Nicolas Cage is probably your favorite actor he he's very he's really entertaining and i think uh, you know we're we're at a point in in hollywood where hollywood tends to do prequels sequels remakes and christopher nolan projects and, and that's just about all it does and hey if you can if it can be you know all of those things combined into one project all the better um so for me Nicolas Cage brings that like that mad manic energy of maybe the older um generation of Hollywood he he still has that so um he's somebody I I would definitely keep an eye out for his movies because you always feel you know they're going to be there's going to be something about them they're not going to be the the straightforward like you know you can you can pretty much see a lot of hollywood movies now i feel that that you you know exactly where it's going to go from the outset whereas in a Nicolas cage movie who knows it's very true i think when i think of like my favorite actors i try to think of people who can essentially play any role given like convincingly Mm -hmm. um so i think for me like shia labeouf is definitely one of my top three uh just because like you know, Shia LaBeouf's been, you know, in Lawless. He was so good in Lawless. And then Disturbia. Mm-hmm. Disturbia is one of my all-time favorite uh, movies. And not a lot of people have really seen Disturbia, but it was kind of like a really suspenseful, awkward kind of movie. Um, but then this this most recent movie that he done, The Tax Collector, is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and, you know, he even he even kind of portrayed a like a Latino character in that, and he done it very convincingly. Um, but somebody like him or... Even like let's say like a Bradley Cooper who can do the comedy roles, you know, with like The Hangover, but then he can also do a very suspenseful movie uh, like The Midnight Meat Train, which not a lot of people have seen, but that's a very good horror movie. Um, or you can take him in Silver Linings Playbook, where he's playing a uh, like a manic bipolar character. It's really convincing in in those movies. So that's kind of like what I look at. Like I I love like Adam Sandler, but Adam Sandler's Adam Sandler in almost every movie he plays. You know what I mean? Like I like mm-hmm. people. I like people that have a, a certain depth about them. Yeah. No. I I, I hear you. I can. Um, I mean, because I feel a, a little bit the same. Like with um, 
Timothy Oliphant, and and I really like him. Um, oh my god, yes, he he's he he's he's great. Um, but I I feel a little bit um that I like I I I love Deadwood. I think Deadwood is outstanding, and and I really like Justified as well. Um, but I feel maybe maybe Justified Justified he's playing like a modern version of uh, Sheriff Bullock from from Deadwood, and then you'd say take somebody like um, Walton Goggins, um, who oh, is phenomenal. He is he is just brilliant. I mean, and and there there's a guy who I feel you know plays plays a lot of different uh, characters. Um, he's he's really interesting, I think, as well. Uh, Timothy Oliphant was actually in that movie Snowden as well that I was mentioning uh, a moment ago. He's really. I'm going to need to to check it out because that is that is a uh, quite the quite the cast it's got. It's got uh, Joseph Gordon Lovitz in it. I mean, it's a phenomenal movie. Um, and it's it's phenomenal. I love Edward Snowden, so I've you know I've watched the movie. I've read the book. Um, but Timothy Oliphant was all, also in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Have you seen it? Um, I. No, I di- I didn't see that. I I keep con- I confuse that with um what is the one that um got referred to as um explosion in the wig factory. Uh oh, that that is. I need to think back to what that was. It was another movie kind of set um set back um in the kind of sixties seventies um. I just can't think of the the name of it right now, and I I for some reason my mind has kind of crossed those two, even though I didn't see the the other one. So when you mentioned it, I, I initially was like, yes, no, wait, I didn't. I, I saw the other uh, explosion at the wig factory, and the name, the actual name of that movie, I think that was Tina Fey referred to it as that. Um, I will will come to me in in a little bit, like. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was phenomenal. It's probably my favorite movie of, uh, uh, I guess, of last year. Uh, the Irishman was super good too. It might have been this year, wasn't it? Um, The Irishman was, was twenty last... was twenty nineteen. Yeah, that yeah, was it was it. last year. Yeah, they were both phenomenal movies. Um, and so was Uncut Gems. I mean, Uncut Gems was was phenomenal too. Last year was a huge year for movies. Yeah, um, American okay, Hustle is I... what you're thinking. Amer- that's there that's, you go yeah. thank you thank yeah. you uh like yeah that's so all that i you, i guess you can kind of see why i got those two a little bit mixed up well um, Christ- christian bale's another one of those guys you know he was an american hustle and he can do you know the american psycho you know the uh the patrick bateman role and he can also do the batman thing you know yeah no he he's a he's a really interesting character and he really gets into the the roles that uh that he's playing and certainly we we've seen him kind of like lose incredible amounts of weight for roles but equally put put weight on and he is always very convincing i feel in in pretty much all of the roles that uh that he plays did you ever see him in uh the fighter with mark Wahlberg? I never saw the fighter in full. I re- remember being at a friend's house and it was on TV and I saw bits and pieces of it, but it was one of those where everyone's kind of hanging out and it's on in the background. So you don't, you, you, you've seen it. So you don't ever sit down to watch it in full, but at the time you never really got to watch it in full either. You know, what's really cool about like moments like that is like, you kind of take the, like a certain nostalgia to it. Uh, mm-hmm. moving forward so now anytime like you think of the fighter like you're gonna think of that moment you know what i mean yeah 
that is that's very true now and and what's also interesting is sometimes sometimes you take something like because because you only catch glimpses of, of the movie so you you might take a completely different take from the movie um because you happen to maybe maybe you know even say two or three or four of you just caught a scene and, and you watched the scene for like three four or five minutes before the conversation kind of picked up again and you've all kind of moved on so that's kind of what sticks with you uh from which is always interesting so yeah like you you take something something completely different from just kind of sitting in a, a darkened room uh watching the the movie in full yeah it uh i have a lot of movies like that where i i have uh certain memories tied to those movies and they it can either be a very good memory or a very bad memory and there's some movies phenomenal movies that i just can't sit down and watch now because of a like like something in my brain is tied to that do you, you know what i mean mm-hmm. i know i i can understand that definitely um you mentioned a moment ago i, I, I brought it up that you were uh the co-host for the broncos europe uh fan group mm-hmm. is there yes. is there a lot of american football fans in europe um it's growing definitely in popularity um i think i've been a a fan of the broncos for a long time and back like i started watching it because so in in ireland in the uh, in the 80s like it's phenomenal to to think about how much ireland has changed but back in the 80s we only had two national television stations so that was it there was no and i know like that sounds so crazy nowadays but that's what it was you had rt1 and as it was referred to at the time like rt2 but network two and they used to show nf they started showing nfl highlights so i started watching it but i mean i would have been probably you know one of the very few people i feel in my town in my school to be watching it people didn't know what to make of it and i it's definitely grown in popularity i mean as we've seen you know the world become an increasingly globalized place as we've seen ireland change and 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 a huge number of multinationals um open up here um the way in which ireland um has you know welcomed people from all over the world so the the number of irish fans has increased and i feel the number of probably people from america living in ireland has also increased be that like students who are, are studying here for you know a semester or a year or, or, or a full program um to people working with the likes of you know the multinationals google facebook um etc so um it's it's still definitely uh a minority sport i mean uh soccer the the premier league is is definitely the the biggest and uh rugby would be really huge and then we have our own irish sports we have um gaelic football which is like a cross between soccer and and rugby and then we have hurling which i love hurling is is the fastest field sport in the world and for anyone listening i would definitely encourage you to go to youtube and check it out because it's a sport that is essentially a mix of field hockey, lacrosse, and murder. Though the, that's the best way I can uh, descri- describe hurling. So I would uh, I would uh, encourage people to check it out. Um, so those would be the big sports, and then we would have uh, American football, 
um, definitely growing here, the UK. And I mean, for Broncos Europe, like we have, um, you know, fans in France, in Italy, in Germany, Spain, the Netherlands, Switzerland, um, from all over the, the continent. So it's been really, that's been one of the, I suppose the positive points of, of 2020 has been this the, the the virtual community and connecting with uh, fans elsewhere and seeing I suppose the the sheer number of, of fans around um, around Europe and I think that is uh, we d- we're definitely hoping that it will continue to grow but I do think it, it, it definitely is a minority thing and I we have been fortunate to be able to talk to you know some of the f- the players some of the former players and coaches and I think they're always surprised when you know they hear somebody with an Irish accent get in touch and say look I'm a big <laughs> Denver Broncos fan uh would you like to to come on and, and have a chat to us on the uh on the podcast on the show and uh that's I think why we've been fortunate to to get the opportunity to talk to to some of them because they're kind of a little bit surprised that there is that there are fans uh, across the pond yeah that's uh when you think of like American football, like globally, you feel like it kind of almost gets, uh, I think it takes the back burner to like soccer or uh, rugby to like other countries. You you know what I mean? Um, so like it, it was very interesting when I read your message and you said that that you co-host like Broncos Europe. I was like, well, that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> and I was gonna ask you. I actually had it wrote down. I was gonna ask you about uh, what the pandemic has done because I imagine that the pandemic probably uh, threw a lot more fans at you and, and people tuning in um, probably more so than you, you would have imagined, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no, d- definitely. So like, I suppose like ordinarily I like in my, my job, I, uh, in my current role, I do a lot of traveling. Um, but with the pandemic, all of that stopped. And so if you, go back to kind of march everything here in europe was on lockdown like completely shut down and myself and and michael who um is the co-host with me and and he's from uh, ireland as well um up in the north um near belfast and we were kind of talking and like what was it that we could try and do to you know, I guess lift people's spirits a little bit because everything was locked down here and, and nobody could go anywhere. And usually like we're very lucky in Europe because with Ryanair um, and, and, you know, you know what you're getting when, when you buy a Ryanair flight, but they have revolutionized travel in Europe. You can go anywhere in Europe. And if you book in advance, I could go to Barcelona for a weekend for like 20 or 30 euro. I could go to Paris. I could go to berlin in germany i could go to to rome um in italy but all all of that stopped and and you know i mean in ireland we we had a lockdown but it wasn't even nearly as severe as in italy and spain where people like couldn't go outside their houses and so we started doing these um watch parties for like old Broncos games um, when when the Broncos were good. Uh, <laughs> we haven't been recently. The Peyton Manning days. To, 
to yeah the, the Peyton days are back in the John Elway days yes sir and we wanted to get, get uh, we thought that's a way to get people together and people seem to really enjoy it and respond to it and joined in and you know that's where I'm saying we saw the community connect and that's where we reached out to you know some of the former players and coaches and said hey look we're Broncos Europe and uh, we're two lads from Ireland who are doing these watch parties to try to you know raise spirit amongst fans during COVID would you be interested in coming on for like 15 minutes and, and having a chat to us and they a lot of them said yes and so they came on so that's phenomenal yeah absolutely um and and some i mean like we're talking about guys like wade phillips who's like one of the best defensive coordinators that the game has ever ever seen i mean a guy who who's won super bowls um like we've had a a number of super bowl winners come on and and take time out and like you know serious time like uh Mark Scherlett, who um, has three Super Bowl rings, NFL analysts, and he spent an hour just chatting away to us. Um, And it really means a lot to fans on this side of the pond to, you know, hear from guys like that. So that has been one of the really, really cool things. And we've, I suppose, built from there. And we actually then did a kind of a, a video um, where we had people from all over the world um, ended up, we started with the idea with Europe, but then people from Australia, people from um, Russia, people from some people from different parts of Asia wanted to get involved. So we like sent a kind of a, a good look message to, to the Broncos in all different languages. And uh, that actually got um, picked up by some of the local media in Denver, which was pretty cool to see. So that has been a really wonderful part of um, 2020. And I suppose the way in which community can come together. That's super cool. Just and just like hearing you talk about it, like I can hear how passionate you are. Like, that's super cool, man. Yeah, That's it is. Cool. Uh, that 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 it's. I suppose when when you've been a fan for for so long and there've been up and down moments, where and and like for Broncos Europe, we started this like it's about you know th- we're three years in, um and like to to see that come together and I mean we there's no there's no money involved in this like we're just a fan group, um but to see that come together and to see people respond to it was just kind of so rewarding um and and to like see messages from people saying like i was feeling really down and i was feeling kind of so alienated and and isolated here at home and now i have this community that i'm um you know um connected with and when we can travel again um you know we're we're looking forward to we we do watch parties in in dublin all the time but we're now looking forward to doing watch parties like all around europe which will be pretty cool to you know get to to meet with with all those fans and and see their country and and watch games where they are what's super cool for me is like being like a like a jacksonville jaguars fan is like going to the actual games and you were telling me you've been to denver a, a few times yeah yeah I, i've been i've been very lucky I, I i suppose um i call my my love of the broncos an affliction um in in in, in some respects because um when you when you fall for a team there's nothing you can really do and and, and it just it doesn't change and so i uh, you know i i 
get up at a stupid o'clock in the morning when it's a Monday night game in, in, in Denver to watch the team or a Thursday night game or a late Sunday night game is possibly the, the worst because those tend to kick off at about like 20 past one in the morning here. So it's not like you can really go to sleep beforehand. And the game runs about like what, about three, three and a half, sometimes four hours. Yeah. So by the time it ends, you're talking like, half five you know five thirty and like you're so amped uh with adrenaline it's not like you're gonna go back to bed then so like you're you're rolling straight into work then the next day off of no sleep a lot of no the time. sleep and you're you're all hyped up because your team yeah or, yeah or or they they lost in the last minute which the broncos have, have, have uh, a tendency to do sometimes they're, they're pretty so, good at that yeah we we can be real good at that so that all of that's going on but like i i'd always wanted to go to mile high and i've been very fortunate over the years to to get along and to meet some really amazing friends from denver um a lot of them who were visiting ireland and and just happened to to run into them in in different places and and became friends and go over every single year meet up with them go to games with them so this year uh, looks like being the first time in, in almost a, a decade that I won't uh, be stateside to, to see a game in person. And uh, I, I, I mean, I, I really miss that game day experience because it's not just the, the game like it, in, in itself. It, oh, it's, it's the also, entire culture around it. Oh, yeah. Like because we don't have that tailgating culture in Ireland. Um, but, you know, because you, you tend like the meeting for hours beforehand and 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 the food and the drink and the camaraderie like we we would go to the the pub um you know but it's it's i suppose that that is the the tailgating is is something i really enjoy so i'm i'm definitely gonna miss that and uh I have been fortunate to to be there for some um really great broncos wins i've also spent a lot of money and, and flown 5,000 miles to see the, the Broncos lose pretty badly at other times. But that that's part of it. And, and that's, uh, you know, why why I, I refer to it as an affliction, because uh, I no, no matter what, I, I, I will always uh, watch the, the games and always spend that money to, to get over because it, it really it is that experience of, of meeting with people. It's that community. I, I think community is is really important and um i it's something i really enjoy uh so let me ask you this you you've been to denver what's the culture difference like being in denver compared to being in in ireland um it's it's definitely different and i suppose like every every city has its own culture and and every country has its um own culture the I I if I won the Euro millions, um, so the it, the lottery, um, over here, and, and by the way, if you win the lottery in um in Ireland, um, you it's it's tax free. The government does not get a big cut of it. Oh wow, um, that's which, that's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty nice, right? Um, that's why I don't understand when governments uh, they or state governments say they're like they're gonna go broke. I'm like, but you win the lottery every day when somebody wins, um. So I would I would buy a house in Colorado. I I think Colorado is a beautiful state and like the hiking trails and, and stuff like that are really cool. But um I mean Dublin is is so steeped in history and um I think 
like Denver is a, a a newer city. I do think there are some um si- like some similarities between the two, but um <laughs> there's a story told um about um an Irish um author, um a famous playwright and his name was Oscar Wilde. I don't know if you've ever heard of of Oscar. Oh, I'm, I'm very familiar with Oscar Wilde. Oh, outstanding. So I have you ever heard about Oscar's um speaking tours in the united states i've actually not no okay so oscar was a very flamboyant character he used to spend a lot of money and so in order to i suppose uh make money he would do these speaking tours in the united states because they were quite lucrative and that's where he was uh, you know he was famously going through um you know customs or immigration at ellis island and they asked him did he have anything to declare and he said i have nothing to declare except my genius um which was a wonderful oscar quote but oscar found himself in colorado in the town of leadville and leadville is a mining town and so oscar gave um a talk on art and aesthetics and while that might be interesting to some it wasn't so interesting to the miners um they fell asleep during it and and while oscar ad- admired these fine strapping men they were kind of bored by oscar so they decided they were going to have a bit of fun and they were going to take oscar down into the mine and they were going to get him drunk and they were going to leave him down there so oh, they wow. did right <laughs> um they they took him down the mine shaft and they were all drinking whiskey except um they hadn't they what they hadn't bargained for was in the end oscar was actually the only one sober enough to operate the mine shaft lift or uh, and and get them all back out of the mine and oh, he wow. famously said when you invite an irishman to dinner you best make it five courses not three Wow. I, I was actually going to ask you, and I, I didn't want to be stereotypical and say that you can probably outdrink all of the American Broncos fans, but I'm kind of getting the vibe that might be true. I, 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 I think it's like it's funny about the, the Irish stereotype and I, I, where I think it, it's interesting is in Ireland, like we have we have such a pub culture, which is we're, we're really missing now because of COVID and, and pubs here are shut. Um, but what pub culture is uh, is you, you everyone you meet in the pub and like you that's where you converse that's where that's the social meeting place like you know um and in different cultures it's different places like in in Italy people tend to go out to to eat and and and, and they stay you know in the restaurant and they eat quite late um in Ireland you you go and you meet your friends in the pub and 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 you tell stories and you know you i you're not drinking a lot of the time to get drunk you're you're you get drunk as a consequence of 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 being in in the pub with your friends and telling stories so i think sometimes there can be um you know uh, a misconception around like why irish people drink it um i, I think it co- like people getting getting drunk and it's not always the case like people will genuinely like go to the pub um for uh one or two pints but the pub is the center of social activity it is where most people would go to meet their friends so you wouldn't go um you know for uh 
like we don't have like cafes that are open generally in the evening so you're going to go to the pub so everything is based around the pub so we do go to the pub so you know you do tend to to have alcohol um but it's not like everyone is going to the pub every night of the week going shot 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 uh it's it's more you're going to the pub you're chatting with your friends you're getting to know other people in the pub and you you know sometimes sometimes you might intend to go out for one or two and it the it night just gets into, away from you sometimes yeah exactly so uh, i do think that we definitely go to the the pub a lot more in ireland than they would in in a lot of other cultures um but i do think there's also this this misconception that like we're we're downing tequila shots uh, every single night of the week i uh i've never done well with tequila shots i'm not gonna lie to you i don't i don't yeah. know there's something about it, it just uh oh gosh it just kind of made me made me shiver just thinking about it <laughs> yeah I, d- I don't know if you know um doug stanhope oh i um, love doug stanhope yeah stanhope's fantastic but he he has that that piece where he talks about like how he's gonna quit drinking um like or you know like basically he he gets so ill off of one certain type of drink that he can't drink it anymore um and i feel that that is tequila you know for a for a lot of people um definitely it can it can it can mess up a weekend i think Oh, it can it can mess up an entire month if you if you uh if you let it. Did you ever listen to his episode uh of JRE, his his podcast with Joe Rogan? No, I haven't. Um I, I should actually uh just check that um Yeah, it, uh, it it was one of my favorite Joe Rogan episodes. It's uh ten forty eight. I actually just, just checked the number just so I could I could make sure and put that out there. It's a phenomenal episode. Uh, a lot of people do not give Doug Stanhope the credit that he uh, kind of deserves. You know what I mean? They should. He is he is incredibly funny. Like his his uh, stand up specials are are really really good. Um, and uh, I he, he yeah like li- I've been fortunate to see him live a number of times. And, oh really? Uh, yeah. That is awesome. We're we're lucky, I suppose, in Dublin because because we're a a european capital we get a lot of acts um be they comedians or or bands who come through um so yeah i've been fortunate to, to see stan hope and he was absolutely brilliant live he was incredibly funny um i i mean i think like w- we we are big fans of, of comedy in, in ireland generally uh, we do like to to laugh um at ourselves and and of the absurdity um of life so um we we definitely enjoy when when comedians uh come over um and i suppose the nice thing about stanhope is like he he's a he's a relative relatively big name but he wasn't like comedy can get lost in those really big venues like comedy tends to work better in smaller more intimate like venues i, I feel do you um do you go to a lot of stand up shows? I I used to um in 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 a pre COVID world uh, pre quarantine um we I I I used to go probably um you know at at least uh, once a month or, or thereabouts we as I said we, we're lucky in in Ireland that we we tend to have a, a lot of comedians come through um you know and and they do play some of the the smaller 
um, comedy clubs. And also there are a number of big comedy festivals. And what you get is, I suppose, art uh, or comics trying out material for in 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 anticipation of those festivals so you know they're kind of like gearing up for it there yeah exactly so no i'm i'm a big i'm a big fan of of stand-up and i i used to um to lecture and uh, a class on um irish culture and i used to always bring students along to to see stand-up because i think comedy and is a wonderful way of getting a, an insight into culture into what what it is people joke about what they don't joke about um do, do they laugh at themselves what what is off limits for comedy and it's it's always really interesting so for me comedy is i i yeah i'm, I'm just i'm a big big comedy fan there's a place down here that does uh, open mic nights on Mondays, which is a really awkward day of the week, I think, to do like it's like stand-up comedy nights. But I've been wanting to go um, the last couple weeks, and I actually coach a Muay Thai class, uh, like a Muay Thai kickboxing class, on Monday. So normally I don't finish early enough to make it, but it's definitely been on my on my to-do list. Have you ever have you ever tried stand-up comedy? Um not st- i used to write um comedy sketches so back in in college my uh, friend and i used to write a lot of sketch comedy and that we would perform and and rope our friends into performing with us um but sketch comedy is is very different to um stand up but we we did that we we did um <laughs> we did a we wrote a, a crossover of uh, murder she wrote versus scooby-doo where the scooby-doo crew unmasked jessica fletcher for the angel of death that she is oh wow um and we did a we did a um a willy wonka and the chocolate factory as if it was set in ireland in cork in which is my hometown and we basically had it as if willie's brother um was like the accountant in the factory and he was like horrified at like what willie was doing and the fact that he like he had this chocolate river and what a waste of money it was and he was like you can't treat the oompa loompas like this willie what about their work permits (laughs) um and like a lot a lot of very very absurd absurd things uh that that we did but so i i used to i used to write uh, a lot of comedy sketches um, but stand-up isn't something um, I have done, but I, I have a, a good friend up in uh, New York who was in the, um, the U.S. Army who is, is now doing um, stand-up. And he's actually... Um, um, Pete, Pete Stegemeyer is, is his name, and he is working on a, on a special at the, the moment, um, which um, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, uh, like, uh, I think it, this would be really interesting. Um, so you can find his, his stuff out there, but he, his special is um, Pete TSD, and it basically is kind of and i love this because i think comedy can reveal truth so it would it's a, like a, a comedy special where like he you know he, he does jokes but he also talks about like he jokes about the army talks about his time in the army and talks i suppose to 
other vets about like their experiences and, and kind of dealing with um, PTSD and, and what that is like. So it, it has brought a, a wonderfully comedic element, but also a, a really serious element and looking at a topic that I think doesn't get a whole lot of uh, attention a lot of the time. Oh, absolutely. And, and kudos to that gentleman, too. That is that is phenomenal. That is uh, that's doing the Lord's work, kind of bringing awareness to something that uh, a lot of people try to like a lot of people try to steer clear of talking about stuff like that uh, and mental health and, and stuff like that when it comes to comedy. Uh, the reason I asked you if you'd ever done it is because, um, you know, I you, you were saying a minute ago that you've done lectures and and uh, I, the reason that I've not done stand up is because I keep mentally like kind of psyching myself out, like always making uh, like an excuse for myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like I'm a guy like I fought in a cage, like I've rode bulls, like I've done a lot of like wild shit. But it's like that is like the thing that always, like like speaking in front of a crowd, like like you know what I'm saying, like trying to make a group of people laugh. That's where I get nervous. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it's just so absurd that. Oh, I, I, I completely get you. I mean, I, I have utmost respects for comics. I mean, I, I'm, I'm fine talking in front of a crowd and I, I feel, you know, I'm, I could like when it comes to lecturing or when it comes to talking a topic, even with a few minutes notice, I'm like, ah, I, I, I back myself to riff kind of right. But that is so different to like having to go on stage and people looking at you and you're expected to make them laugh i'm expected to educate people i'm expected i'm I'm expected to know about the topic i'm talking about that but having to to make people laugh and and what happens like because no matter how good you are it won't like certain jokes won't land or and and there'll always be a different atmosphere in you know in every comedy club and I think that's really interesting because, I, I mean, I, I suppose in Dublin, as I said, I've seen a number of comics come through. I've seen comics do, you know, because you get it, like comics write a show and then they tour a show. Um, and because I was bringing students along, I mean, I've seen comics do the same set, essentially, um, but on different nights. And, and some nights it really lands and, and other nights it doesn't land. So, you know, going on stage that, there's always the risk that no matter how good you are it it just might not land in that way um tonight so those those um people have um ap- my my absolute admiration because you're completely exposed up there you have nothing but you and and the microphone but when it goes well um i think it it, it can be one of the the most um kind of special um kind of moments because you you know that you're standing there it's you and the microphone and you have this entire audience eating out of the palm of your hand and and laughing just at at you and 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 you know there's it's not like you even have an instrument it's it's just you and the ideas that came out of your head are (laughs) are making these people laugh yeah it's it's very mental but i do i do agree like it is all about the crowd and i mean delivery and uh material have a lot to do with it i'd say maybe 50 percent, but you know an equal part of it is who you're like who you're talking to and kind of reading the room almost mm-hmm. um and that's what makes it so uh like so scary you know what i mean do you ever like have you ever felt like that doing a lecture like where you you're kind of reading the room and it just no, doesn't 
quite sit right, I guess. Yeah, I've definitely had that experience where, you know, you're you're talking on a, on a topic and you just you just know that there for for whatever reason the there's a there might be a restlessness in the room or somebody you know really disagrees uh with what you're saying and that like you know i mean our the energy we give off is real and 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 it's powerful and if um if there's somebody with like really um you know who 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 strongly disagrees with what you're talking about and um they're sitting there that's going to become evident to everyone else in in the room and it can it can definitely have an impact so i have had uh that that experience but again like that i feel is is challenging and, and so you uh, you know but i it's probably easier for for me to address that than it is for a comedian to deal with like a heckler or or something like that like ultimately you know i i have a lot of control within that lecture space and and if i you know kind of um tell like you know say you know um i suppose either confront it or tell them to leave like they kind of have to do what I say because I'm in charge. But in a comedy club, and, and and if you're dealing with a heckler, unless they're being really egregious, a lot of the time, you know, the the, co- the comedy club isn't necessarily going to throw them out um, because they're a paying customer and they're buying drinks. So, yeah, those 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 people have uh, a much much uh, more of a tightrope to to try and navigate. I, uh, I've, I've wondered that too. That's kind of one of the other things that's kind of holding me back. Cause I'm like, how would I deal with a heckler? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause you don't want to be, you don't want to be rude and like really just start burning the shit out of them. But you also can't let them take control of the, the scenario. It's very, like I said, I've, I've been wanting to do it for a while and I keep talking myself out of it, but I'm going to get around to it and I would, I'll definitely let you know how it goes. Um, definitely interesting to hear it's, it's, it's interesting that like when you say about hecklers because it can be dealt with in so many different ways like there's a, a comedian jimmy carr who's kind of famous for really for really burning like um hecklers and, and, and really going for it and, and he's so kind of quick with it and he's known for that and, and equally like I've, you know I, i've seen really great comics kind of go to pieces um and you know and and but you can also deal with it like Mitch Hedberg I do yes and and uh, he has it on one of his uh, on one of his sets or one of one of the recordings where he's got a heckler and, and, and Mitch is just really funny with the heckler and, and basically he's, he's just too funny and the guy it kind of um, it kind of ends uh, just because Mitch is so funny so um, it's kind of like Mitch Hedberg as he, as he said himself he, he used to dip into jokes uh, in, in but lying in bed and then he'd have to convince himself that the joke wasn't funny because he didn't want to get out of bed to get a pension out of town that's how good he was at comedy so it's always interesting to me to see if somebody engages with a heckler how do they engage with a heckler and how does that develop have you ever had anybody try to try to heckle you during a, like a lecture um I, i've had people challenge um kind of what i 
in like lecturing on um and and sometimes like kind of point to facts and info you know you you'll you'll kind of again like you're not looking to to, to burn somebody but if somebody's saying something like that's blatantly wrong you kind of have to turn around and say well no that's not right um this is this is the facts um and, and equally i've had other times where you know maybe maybe it's it's just a difference of opinion and so that can actually lead to some kind of really interesting discussions at times um but i have had people get like kind of upset or at, at other times and kind of um you know get get annoyed um so it it, it does happen but i i think that um Again, I'm probably not having to deal with those. I'm dealing with hecklers sometimes. They're trying to outdo the comedian. Um, so they're trying to, to be funny. Whereas I think um, in, in the lecture hall, um, oh, I, and I, I know some, some people have had to, to deal with like, you know, kind of snide remarks or, or, or people trying to, trying to be funny. I haven't had that. It, it's more disagreements with someone. Um, I hate to, to switch topics so abruptly, but uh, you are the first Irishman that I've, I've spoken to um, actually in quite a while, now that I think about it. Um, I don't even know if Florida actually has, uh, or maybe just where I'm at in Florida, we have a lot of uh, Irish Irish folks kind of around the town and around the city, but um, what's, what's Ireland like now that people like Conor McGregor have truly blown up? so big and, and then you saw the the following that he had the way in which his fans used to take over Vegas uh, when he when he fought there um, I think in recent times people are he, he definitely didn't have the, the best year last year um, with yeah. everything that, that went on um, and I think people are kind of wanting him to to d- decide like I- is he retiring or is he not retiring um you know um but like he he went from like or he i mean he changed completely the expression of um mma in ireland it it, it was not something that i mean it like it, it was so such a minority sport like it didn't feature really at all in the sporting press and then McGregor comes along and becomes this absolute superstar rock star of the sport and you know it was it was everything um, and love him or, or hate him and there are plenty of people on, on both sides he is box office and, and he, he certainly gets a, a lot of attention overseas um his whiskeys came out. Is it popular in Ireland or no? It's it's not super popular, um, but people like I I think it people like it. I think it it surprised people. I think people were were expecting that it wouldn't be any good, um, and then it 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 was it was decent. Um, I don't think it's going to be the 
have not been doing it enough that number one spot <laughs> anytime soon. Yeah, I agree. But it's um, it, it's it's done. Like there was a lot of skepticism, a lot of skepticism when when he says like what he was what he was doing, um, because people were like, you know, this is the land of it. You've got Jameson, you've got Keeling, uh, you've got um, Paddy, you've got Powers, you've got so many different whiskies and kind of why you add another one but i think uh, overall people have been pleasantly surprised by the the quality has even made kind of the claim uh, well i mean it, it probably goes without saying that mma has gotten a lot more popular but is it one of the big like let's say like the big three sports in ireland now no it's it's not it, like it was I don't know if it was ever a thing in the top three. And I mean, Irish people love watching sport and, and Irish people watch, you know, any level of it. But whiskey games, you have uh, soccer on, you have, you know, the Gaelic football and the hurling championships. There was rugby on, the the, the golf, the Masters is on, uh, NFL is on. So Irish people will watch all of those. Um, I think the fact that, you know ufc became um it you know you like for his fights it, it was huge like i mean it, it entered into everyday conversation it, it moved from just the the sports and it was so it was even if people weren't necessarily you know staying up to watch his fight or like doing the pay-per-view it was still talked about and that's when you know kind of he's he's crossed over um and and become the the superstar that that he was for a time but i suppose between um results between not fighting and between some of the out of the ring shenanigans um he he certainly isn't um as popular as he was uh, and the fact that you know he hasn't um had such a big fight probably has had an impact as well but i suppose when, when you look at you know ufc uh it, itself i'm sure i'm sure dana would love to have uh connor back uh you know fighting because they they miss to having a showman of i suppose his ability on the mic to to sell cards i mean um when, when you look at it at the moment you know he he was he was such a a, a salesman and and, th and you know you need you need that i feel in the um like in, in, the, in, in the ufc sport. or in, in 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 any sport really but particularly in individual sports i mean say look at like again tyson fury is another guy who um, definitely divides opinions there are there are people who love him and there are people who who loathe him for for any number of, of reasons but he's a salesman and he sells fights and he is probably uh you know a, 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 a more engaging figure than anthony joshua um or wilder i mean wilder ha was exceptional in the ring but like you know th that engagement with the audience that that bringing people who aren't necessarily even interested in the sport but like know the name because 
you know, like, <laughs> who who will like? I think Conor McGregor is probably the the, the <laughs> like the moment that will stand out. The moment where he was at the, the pinnacle was probably the press conference. The who the fuck is that guy? Um, <laughs> you know, because that was just so. <laughs> it was so dismissive it was so perfectly timed and it was so well delivered i mean he destroyed um that that guy in front of everybody everybody fell about laughing and you know everyone talked about that i know i know people who who don't enjoy ufc who don't enjoy mma who don't even like mcgregor but who still laughed at that that's uh probably in my everyday vocabulary now. Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I I really liked Conor McGregor at first, and then it seemed like his I don't know, like his, I guess like the money kind of got to him. But I've always wondered like what the Irish people thought of him because there were so many of them coming to Vegas, and they were. They were, you know, he said, we're not here to take part, we're here to take over. And, and it literally felt like that. Every time you'd watch an event, uh, just all the Irish flags in the crowd. Um, and then you mentioned it, you know, he had a weird year last year to the point where I was like, this has to be damaging even, you know, like, it had to be damaging to his image, even to like his own, like his own countrymen, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it was. I mean, I think you're, you're right. Like, uh, we, people wanted... You know, you get that there'll be a level of bravado in, um, you know, mixed martial arts. Uh, anytime you got to get in the ring with somebody, you got to have a little bit of that. Um, and but he was backing up what you know that that bravado. Um, but I think people definitely wonder about the the money, um, and wonder like it's hard. I mean. If if you had a hundred million in the bank or, or thereabouts, like would you want to get punched in the face again? So, you know, how how do you stay motivated when you are kind of earning that sort of uh, money, and th- then you just kind of see the the fact that he you know he just keeps kind of um, making noise about coming back, but it doesn't happen. And obviously, I think the the Khabib stuff probably left a, a bad taste in in everybody's mouth. Yeah, I he said a lot of uh, really reckless shit about religion and just uh, yeah. He brought the one thing you don't do is you don't bring somebody's religion, you don't bring somebody's family into things. And that's kind of what he done. You know, he talked about Khabib's religion. He talked about his wife, and I was just like, oh man, this is. This is really hard for you to to recover from that. But then he punched the the old fella at the at the pub, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like and and the Khabib stuff. And I, I like so I have a, I have a friend who who's like a, a massive uh, McGregor fan, um, and and really enjoyed watching him and stuff. But he watched the the Khabib fight, and uh, you know, I, I there's there's a one point in it. I don't know which is at the end of the 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 second round um where uh or was it even the first where mcgregor says to khabib and you can see this on on the youtube videos and stuff it's it's, only business yeah it's only business like no you 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 crossed over the line from it being only business you know you it was only business when it was you know when when it's jocular and when it's good fun but yeah when you bring somebody's family into it 
they that that's going to change their perception of you um and you know wh- when he said it was only business as well i think i think there were a lot of people over here that said oh forget like you know i mean is he looking at this like you know wwe now like when and 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 i think that kind of highlighted like how do you stay motivated when you get in the the, the ring you gotta know that like it's it's not it's not business it's 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 serious business so um look i, I i'm i'm i think for for Dana White's sake, for UFC's sake, they they are hoping that surely somebody can come along that can, you know, um, be the next ascendant star that can be the next kind of um, transformational figure. Um, and they're, they're still waiting for that. Like, obviously, you've got, like, incredibly talented fighters, Khabib, John Jones and, and, and others, but none of them have been able to transcend the sport in the way that Conor McGregor has. I think because with, with Khabib retiring, I think that's probably the best case scenario for the UFC because now essentially Conor could have a route back to the title, but I think the lightweight division, do you follow the UFC? I, I keep an eye on it. Um, I, I'm not like, um, religious about like about following it but i do keep i do keep an eye on it and uh i i enjoy it like but i i wouldn't i'm not going to say i'm an expert on it i think um right now the the lightweight division is probably the deadliest that it's ever been so if, if connor was to get back to the title um which is in a lot of ways like it's very possible but at the same time it's very it's gonna be very hard for him. Um, if he can get back to it, though, then you know I'm I'm not sure even the longevity of him holding a title. You know I don't think he stays in the sport very long at all. Um, maybe grabs a title and then retires, and you know because I I think right now it's just he's stacked up against killers, and if he can beat Dustin Poirier. Um, at the end of December or the beginning of January, whenever they've scheduled that bout, if he can take on Dustin Poirier, I think that he might be able to regain the title, but it's he's got a killer's road to, to even keep the title. Yeah, um, but and, and I, I, I think it just goes back to how, how hungry is he, and I think... You, you can win the the title um but again people are gonna look at it and and, and want you to to defend you know, it to def- defend it but defend it against somebody who you know is not not just a not just a journeyman like uh um, oh, yeah, you know, yeah yeah fighting cowboy like you know we everyone loves cowboy you know like <laughs> but um you know that's that's not going to win you any plaudits you you need to if you if you want to be you know considered um amongst the the grace you need to to beat other guys who who are um real real contenders so i i think if 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 mcgregor is to um you know get back in and i i don't know as i said like you got that much do you really want to get punched in the face it would need to be the the trilogy against um Nate Nate Diaz, Diaz. but like has that ship sailed i mean that that feels a little bit like you know um pacquiao mayweather when that eventually happened um 
or or if if Khabib was to to come out of retirement um but I, I feel you know McGregor would have to do something in order to to really put a stamp back on it because he's already held belts he's al- he's already done that so is that really going to turn heads yeah yeah and I agree with you I think I think at this point you have to you have to win the title, but then you have to beat the Justin Gaethys. You've got to beat um, the Dustin Poiriers. You know the Islam Makachevs. Like he has to. Uh, Tony Ferguson is another one that's absolutely. You know if he can beat Tony, then I think his legacy is probably set. You know he beat Max Holloway, who went on to be undoubtedly probably the greatest uh, featherweight of all time. Before that, it was Jose Aldo who was, you know, undefeated for ten years. One of the, one of the greatest featherweights of all time. You know, he has this incredible record. You know, the Nate Diaz uh, performance. You know, the rematch was a great fight. You know, Cowboy in what two minutes or something. You know, so he he does have a lot of names to his resume, but he needs to really put a stamp on it now, and then, in my opinion, get out because I I can't see him long term. Uh, continuously winning against against the landscape that he's facing now, I guess. Well, I mean, Connor was always a guy who you know won early, generally, right? Like he he wasn't a guy who who generally went the the distance. Um, that was some of some of his issues that he faced. Uh, you know, um, against Nate Diaz first time around, um, and and against Khabib, you know, I mean, he started well, but like the the issues are. Um, you know can, how how he does it in the in the later rounds. Um, as you get older, I, I think it becomes probably you know more more difficult. Um, so yeah, we I I I I just think um, I think there there's a he he made the money from the 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 Mayweather fight. I think that the talk seems to be about a boxing match with Pacquiao that if that was to happen i mean that is infinitely probably more lucrative than you know fighting in ufc again so i would imagine that's if he's to fight again that might be more likely than fighting in the ufc i'm kind of with you that boxing money's real man yeah like serious serious business um Last night, I had a, a podcast with a lady named Mila Harris, who is from Australia, and you were telling me um, that in the 1800s, your great-great-grandfather was exiled to Australia. Yes, yes, indeed, uh, along with um, six of his brothers, a good, good-sized uh, Irish family. Um, they all... Uh, were were exiled, so got on the the ship and and sailed on over there, and um, you know, six of them settled down, and one of them took a, a look around and you know said, um, yeah, it's very very nice, but um, <laughs> you know that you know that ship that I uh, spent months on coming over and nearly died, gonna hop back on that and and head back to to the homeland, and my great great grandmother, um her family had had gone to america and they had settled over there um so i I have cousins all over the united states um but she ended up um saying it's it's lovely but um 
I'm actually going to head back. And these people, they didn't know each other. Like it wasn't like they were going back to meet each other. They didn't know each other existed at that point. But these two people met um, in rural County Kerry in Ireland in the 1800s. I can't even begin to describe like how rugged and remote <laughs> that would be. And I guess bonded over spending a long fucking time on a ship because they had that in common. Um, and yeah, that's that's us. So we love to travel and see new places, but we really love to come home. Uh, so f- for people that don't know, Australia was actually settled as a, um, I guess penal as a colony. Yeah, as a as a penal colony. Yeah settled by uh i guess prisoners almost mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's uh, e- ex- exactly it uh i don't know if you're um if you know a comedian named bill hicks yes oh i love bill i love I, I, like bill is oh, i i'm so sad i never got to to see bill live i like i have my favorite favorite comedians and then i have my favorite comedians i've seen live um and um Bill is absolutely one of my favorite ever. But he he did a used to do a great joke about like Australia being a, a penal, penal colony, and especially if you were coming from like the the UK and and the weather and stuff, and suddenly they're like you know you get to go to this uh, island nation, and uh, the the weather is you know so much sunnier, and he's like that that's a punishment, <laughs> uh, but um yeah i guess the the getting there and um you know australia is also a land where um you know it it would seem that you know almost everything there you know wants to kill you Um, (laughs) i'm 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 aware they have um well it's it's known uh, as the stinging tree have you heard about the stinging tree i've actually not no uh I, i i i don't know it's um like it, it's uh wh- what it what it was what the actual um name um name for it is but the it, the stinging tree is um it's in queensland and um, it has been known to um drive people a gym pie in insane um it the the residual effects can last for apparently up to like a year afterwards and it's particularly when you like if, if you're stung on your hands or wherever if, if if you're washing afterwards um that that sets it off again so apparently people have you know um been stung and you know um a cu- one one or two people who've had really severe stings have actually ended up taking their own lives because they couldn't deal with the level of pain that they felt it's called a uh, it's called a gym pie and it, and it says here it can trigger an intense allergic reaction sometimes even causing anaphylactic shock um, and then it feels like you're being electrocuted that is terrifying that that's that's a plant that's, <laughs> that, 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 that's that's you know that's flora that's not fauna so think if the plants want to do that to you <laughs> and then you think of the the sharks and the snakes and and and, and our like what's hilarious is like these a lot of these people would have come you know from ireland and and while the uk does have some snakes ireland does not there are like we are the the most like you know 
um, placid and, and, and like the temperate climate. There's no like predators of any sort. There are, there are no bears here. Um, you know, the most dangerous animal is probably a badger. Um, and and there, you know, the, the weather never gets so warm that you really have to deal with uh, mosquitoes. Equally, it, it rarely gets terribly cold either. But it's just this incredibly temperate place. And then you go to this <laughs> like incredible island nation but that is the absolute extremes um uh, in terms of plants and animals and weather and deserts it must have been you know quite the shock to to get on a boat and to land in this place and to just think where am i <laughs> they've got those giant ass spiders see that would terrify me yes uh yeah the the just just everything um is it it's quite it's quite something um and uh you know kudos to his his siblings who do stay who did stay there um i i get why he he visited and thought it was very nice but decided to come home i uh (laughs) you know it's like really like what's really funny for me to think about when i think of australia is like the kangaroos Right, and so I always think, like, what if you're just out and about, and a kangaroo just comes up to you and is trying to fight you? And I always wonder, like, could I maybe choke out um, a kangaroo? And I'm actually pretty convinced that I could. If if it came to it, have you seen the guy? Like, I, I don't. I, I think ordinarily one wouldn't want to obviously get in a fight with a. With oh a hell no! I'm but, not trying um, to. But um, there's a video um, online which went viral a while back. Oh, uh, yeah. The guy, the, the kangaroo grabs his dog. Have you seen that? Yes, yes. Yeah, I love I mean, that video. The dude punches him right in the face. <laughs> yeah, he, d- he does because he wants to save his dog. And that's kind of that, that uh, fight or flight uh, syndrome kicking in. Uh, but that that uh, that was qu- quite the video. All right. Uh, to, to see that. It always, I never, I never want to beat up animals. Like I love animals. I'm a huge softy for animals, but I always think because kangaroos are kind of territorial. And last night I asked Mila Harris, I said, "Do you think you could choke out a, a kangaroo?" And she was like, "I don't think I'd really want to." And then I've I've thought about this all day, man. Like I've I've just been thinking, I was like, you know what? I probably could. I think I can. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I I hope you never have to. Oh, me too. <laughs> I hope that never. <laughs> I hope it never comes up. But you know, if it does, you know, I think uh, I think I have a fair shot. Well, uh, I I I mean I I, de- de- it sounds like you've given it serious consideration as to how exactly you're going to have to approach it. So I yeah, I'll I'll back you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, Colm, this has been an absolutely phenomenal uh, conversation with you. And before I let you go, I want you to plug uh, where people can find your podcasts and how they can get in contact with you. Yeah, so um, thank you. Um, it has been a, a lot of fun um, and um, definitely have enjoyed uh, chatting to you. And, and hopefully at, at some point in, in the future, either you'll be able to uh, you and your wife come and uh, come and visit uh, Ireland, or next time when I when I do get stateside next time we can actually catch up for a, for a pint. But oh, I would love for, that, man. 
that that would be that'd be good and we can we can do the do it in person but for for those who are i suppose um interested in uh, in getting in touch and i love i love chatting to to people so so please do um i'm you can find me on twitter i'm at column from cork c-o-l-u-m-f-r-o-m-c-o-r-k cork is my hometown so pretty proud of cork but i'm very active on twitter um the for anyone working in higher education or if you're a student or if you're just interested in i suppose hearing about students or about stories um the adventures in advising podcast we we talk to people from kind of across the higher ed spectrum so we do talk to advisors personal tutors we talk to um, student success professionals we talk to people in res life we talk to students so we talk to people across um, you can find adventures in advising on pretty much every single podcasting platform we're on apple Podcasts, we're on spotify um, and we actually have our a new episode um, which will be available uh, from Monday, the uh, what's that? Sixteenth of um, November, and for anyone, if you're an NFL fan, if you're a Broncos fan, or a fan of any anyone else, check out Broncos Europe. Um, we we're across various social media: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, or just Google Broncos Europe, you'll see our videos. But again, we do love hearing from, um, you know, people all around the world, whether you're a Broncos fan or not. Like we we try to do a, a pregame um, chat, whoever we're playing that particular week. So we're going to be talking tomorrow to the lads from Silver and Black UK. We talked to Arrowheads Abroad a few weeks ago when we played the Chiefs. So we do love hearing from from other fans. And I would be absolutely only too delighted to hear from from anyone out there. Excellent, man. I am uh, I'm honored to have gotten to know you. And uh, everybody go check out Column's Works. And if you're listening to this... Um, on Apple or on Spotify, his links will be in the description as well, so you can go find him. Um, as well as our link tree, which has links to um, our other podcast called the Weekly Forecast, uh, the podcast that I have with my brother, um, as well as our products that we are uh, sponsored by, which is the Phone Soap, the Future Kimonos, Quick Sesh, and Game Up. Go check out the link in our bio, everybody. Definitely hit up Column on Twitter. It's at Column from Cork. Uh, thank you once again, brother. Thank you, Josh. Keep doing what you're doing. You do a great job. Thank you, brother.